It is so good to see everybody tonight. If I haven't got to meet you yet, my name is Trey and my lovely bride Heather is with me tonight. And pastor said, I've been gone so long, he thought I might have grown hair, hair by now. <laughs> I've been working on it. They maybe I grew two, maybe. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Blessed. 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 I know it. You are a blessed people. Amen. To have pastors like we have. Hi, Pastor Ned. How are you doing? Good. Would y'all give our pastors a hand clap? You are a blessed people. Very blessed to, to be in this environment, to hear the word that comes from this platform. We are very blessed. Uh, and even when I'm just home uh, ministering, it's still refreshing just to be here. <laughs> it is refreshing just to be here and uh, we've been, like Pastor said, we've been all over the place. Uh, we've just the past couple weeks, we've been in uh, Alabama, Florida, Colorado, Montana. Um, Sunday, we had three services in Oklahoma. We got back and had uh, Weatherford Monday night. Uh, taught leadership to a church in Bridgeport last night and had leadership teaching this morning. Here tonight, Heather and I fly to Colorado for... Uh, uh, some meetings this weekend, Friday, Saturday, uh, three on Sunday, uh, again Monday, and then we land, and she comes home, and I turn right around and go to Australia. We'll be there for eight days. As soon as I land here, I fly directly to Tulsa to do a leadership conference there, uh, and then I'll meet up with Heather in Colorado and do some more meetings up there and be home in three weeks or so. So <laughs> I'm going to have different bags at the airport to be able to switch and go and so thank you, Lord. Our jet is coming. Uh, we've got seed in the ground and we are harvesters in Jesus name. Uh, are you ready to learn tonight? I'm really excited uh, about getting to get into God's word tonight concerning healing and the importance of healing. And that this is a, a healing environment and I, I believe that as we get into God's Word, faith is going to rise, and when we get done ministering, we're going to lay hands upon the sick. Um, but if your faith is engaged, don't you wait till the end of service. You receive right where you're sitting. Uh, those of you who are watching, those of you who will eventually watch uh, by TV, will use this also for our television broadcast. Also, we're getting to reach about 40 million people right now per week um, and, and growing, so we're very thankful for that. Uh, that shows on direct TV every Sunday morning uh, on GEB at 8.30. And, uh, and then we're just going on a new network up in Chicago, which will cover four states and another four million people. And that will start in November as well. So we're very thankful for that. And um, every week we're having people call in, accepting the Lord, uh, receiving healing. This is what God's doing just through the broadcast. And so it's time to harvest. It's time to harvest, and it's very important that when we come into the house of God, um, that we come expecting to hear the voice of God. Amen. That it's time for you and I to rise up and take our place in the body of Christ and to be who God's called and created us to be. That this is just an equipping station for you and I to go out into the world and to be the light shining in darkness. And we're fixing to step in. Uh, to a time where we're going to see more of the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit in workplaces like we've never seen before. Um, say, that's me. That there are giftings on the inside of each and every one of us, not just the ministers that stand up here, but the ministers that are out here receiving as well. That there are gifts that are going to be activated, and I believe those gifts are going to come alive. But tonight, let's dial in on receiving what God has to say in the area of healing. So if you would, go with me to John chapter 14. And this is such a wide topic. You're believing God with me, right? So when Pastor said uh, basics of healing, I was like, all right, I appreciate that direction. That. <laughs> I have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. <laughs> you can do it, man. And so the importance of right off the bat. Now, are you ready? 
I, I want you to buckle your seatbelt. We're going we're gonna to cover some ground here. Okay, and so I want you to write down scriptures. I want you to put them in your phone. We're going to bring some up on the screen. But I want you to write them down where you can go home and you can get this in your heart. Where we walk in divine health and healing. John chapter 14, verses 9 and 10. In the Amplified, Jesus replied, I have been with all of you for so long a time. Now, Philip is asking, you know, to, to, to show, he's, Jesus, show us the Father. And so this is his reply. Jesus replied, have I been with all of you for so long a time? And do you not recognize and know me yet, Philip? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, then, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? What I'm telling you, I do not say on my own authority and of my own accord, but the Father who lives continually in me does His works, His own miracles, deed of power. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. So when we, we want to know God's will for healing, we look at Jesus. Right? Jesus says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When we look at Jesus, we see the Father. Colossians 1.15, it says, Now, He is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. I want to read that again. Now, say now. now. He is, He is, He is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. He is the firstborn of all creation. He is the exact likeness. Say, He is. is. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outrain or radiance of the divine. He is, say he is, is. the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. Notice he is the exact likeness. He is the sole expression. He is the perfect imprint, the very image of God's nature. He is, Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. John chapter 6, verse 33. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Doing good and healing all. So when we look at Jesus, we see the Father. And when we see Jesus, we see Jesus anointed by the Spirit of God. Doing good and healing all. Say all. 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 all Who were oppressed of the devil. All. Notice how God looks at sickness. Because in today's society, and as Heather and I travel, we're in all different types of environments and different denominations. And there's a lot of times God is is painted with the image that he's the one that's in control of the sickness. Or he's the one that's in control of the tornadoes happening. Or he's in the control of, of disease being upon people. Or he's in control of hurricanes. And he's in control of everything. God is in control. Have you ever heard that before? God is in control of what? What, what, what's, what, what's the response most of the time, though, if we, if we say that, of what? What is God is in control? What does most people say? Of everything. Oh, oh really? Let, let's take you, for example. Okay? Yesterday. Just last week. We'll give it a week. Okay? So you're telling me everything that you thought, everything that you said... Whether you wore red underwear or green underwear is the predetermined will of God. God is in control of everything. Hmm. Remember Revelations chapter 3 verse 20 where it says that Jesus, he, he stands at the door and he knocks. Remember that scripture? 
And it says, and anyone who hears his voice and opens the door, he will come in and he will sit and he will dine and he will commune. But is he going to come in to anybody? It doesn't say those who hear his voice and whether you open the door or not, he's going to blast the door down and he's coming in anyway. You can deadbolt it or whatever you want. I'm coming in because I'm in control of everything. No, God is in control when we invite him in and we give him control. How about this one? All things work together for good. You heard that one? When, when, it, when it doesn't work for good for everybody. You live like Bonnie and Clyde, it's not going to work out so good for you. Right? That's to a very specific group of people. He says that God works all things together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. So God is not working all things together for good if we're not loving God and we're not trusting God and we're not connecting with God. He wants to work everything for our good, but it takes us trusting Him and connecting with Him. God is in control when we give him control. How involved is God in our life? How, how involved is God in our business? How involved is God in our church? How involved is God is to the degree that we invite him in determines the degree that he's involved in every area of our life. So when I look at Jesus, what was his attitude when it comes to sickness? When it came to storms, what was his attitude towards storms? When it came to devils, what was his attitude towards devils? Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. How did Jesus, why could Jesus stand up when a storm was coming against him? He's asleep in the boat. They flip out. They wake him up. Jesus, don't you care? And he gets up. How could he look at that storm right in the center of it and command it to be still? How, when somebody was convulsing with devils, could he command it to come out And it has to come out. How could he look at sickness and put his hands upon their ears and open their ears and put his hands upon their eyes and open the eyes? Remember, when you see Jesus, you see the Father. How could he do this type of stuff? Not because he was the Son of God. He wasn't operating as the Son of God. He was operating as the Son of Man. He was operating as a man just like you and myself, anointed with the Spirit of God, had the power of God in him and on him. So when we see Jesus, he's an express image of the Father. But when we see Jesus, we're supposed to see us. A man anointed by the Spirit of God who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. How could he speak to storms? How could he speak to sickness? How could he command devils? Because he knew the father wasn't in the storm. He knew the father wasn't behind the sickness. He knew the father wasn't behind the devils coming and tormenting people. When Jesus saw a storm, he didn't say, oh, oh, no. Oh, God's going to teach us a good one out of this one. Peter, you better get the umbrella. But that's what we imply a lot of times in the body of Christ when we say God is in control. And that hurricane, can you can you hear the father and Jesus talking? Oh, my gosh. I mean, that hurricane took out the east side of the throne room. What are we going to (laughs) do? Where is God in control at? Remember Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. 9 and 10, he says, when he's teaching the disciples to pray, he says, okay, let, let's start this way. First and foremost, let's, let's connect to the Father. Let's connect to our source. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pause. On earth as it is where? Okay, what's the crime rate in heaven? How much sickness is in heaven right now? How much lack is in heaven? Oh my gosh, there's a piece of lettuce on aisle six. Somebody took it out of the throne room. 
None. Why? Because God is in control there. How much sickness is on earth? How much lack is on earth? What's the crime rate on earth? Why? Because we're in control here. But he said, I, I want you to pray my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wouldn't be telling us to pray that if it was already being done. Psalms 115 verses 15 and 16, it says the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he's given to the children of men. So I I want us to think for a moment. What was his attitude towards sickness? What was his mindset towards sickness? The same way he hated sin in the Old Testament, he hates sin in the New Testament. The same way he hated sickness in the Old Testament, he hates sickness in the New Testament. The same way he came at sin in the Old Testament, he does even a better job and it's dealt with and the power is broken in the New Testament. God provided healing in the old and he provided healing in the new. We are supposed to walk in divine health and healing. Go with me to Exodus. So I'm glad I came tonight. Go with me to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. And I want you just to hold your place there. We'll we'll make our way there eventually. But kind of like. Kind of like God is in control of everything. And everything works together for good. And uh, God must have a mysterious plan. You know for the baby dying three years old. And the. You know, God's in the, you know, in the tornado and he's rolling up a trailer house and throwing it down the, the, you know, block and killing six people. And God is in control. I'm, I'm nice and I'm kind and I'm happy guy. But my earthly dad, he's a good man. And even though I'm nice and kind, if you go to talking about my earthly father against his character and nature, it's not going to settle so good with me. But for so long, we've talked about our, let people talk about our heavenly father in a way that does not go with his character and nature. And it's time for that to stop. See, faith always stops at the question mark. So if we're wondering what's God's will and what is not God's will, if we're wondering whether God is a healing God or not, it always leaves us with the question mark and it leaves our faith unplugged. And you, you hear people say, well, what, what, about, what about us suffering? You know, God, God wants us to, to suffer. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 through 13. You can look at it in your own time. Paul's talking here about suffering. He says, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer. Now, when he was talking about suffering trouble as an evildoer, it doesn't say he suffered with sickness. He was talking about suffering persecution. God doesn't cause people to suffer with sickness. He's not going to cause us to suffer with something that Jesus took upon his body. So any suffering that's done in the body of Christ, you preach the word, you live by faith, you believe in prosperity, you live in healing, there's going to be some persecution. It comes with the territory. You stand up and you're a light shining in darkness, you come against the kingdom of darkness. Do you realize that there's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God? And he hates God and he hates you and he doesn't want the word to manifest in you and through you. There's going to be some persecution, but the suffering isn't connected to sickness. How about this one? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. And they'll say, well, the Lord's just correcting you through some sickness. I remember I was talking to this pastor one time and he had just had his leg in a cast and everything. And he said, yeah, I was skiing right down you know, that, that mountain. And I'm telling you what, I'd, I disobeyed God on some stuff. And the next thing you know, God just put that tree right in front of me and snapped my leg just like that. I mean, it taught me a lesson. I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You think God's up there playing chess? Oh, watch this one, Jesus. Here's a tree. And this guy has this many letters behind his name. We got to get educated to mess up what the Bible says. The word 
word chasten, that he, he chastens those he loves in the Greek, it means to educate like a child. You know, Heather and I don't send the talk to the teachers now. I'm telling you what, you know, we trust you. You know, you're going to, if our kids get out of line, you just go ahead and pop their eye out. All right. You go ahead and just, just shoot them with some bacteria or something. Just teach them a lesson. You see how dumb that sounds? And we're just saying God is in control. How about this one? Well, God made Job sick. No, he didn't. The devil made Job sick. And then you always hear this response. Well, he allowed it. Yeah, because he has to allow what we allow. Who has dominion and authority on earth? We do. And you keep reading the Bible, Job 3.25, it explains clearly what happened to Job. He says, the thing that I feared and dread came upon me. But don't stop with just Job getting his tail kicked. Keep reading the story. Well, bless God, you know, you're poor as old Job's goat. Job's goats weren't poor. Neither were his chickens, his donkeys, his camels. You know, studies, studies, that's right, Job 1.3 says he is the wealthiest man in all the East. And, and you know, the whole book of Job, some say it took from between 9 and 18 months for the whole process to, to walk out. And you see, as Job got his thinking right and his believing right, and he got some things straightened out. Look at, look at Job 42.10. I believe you have this in your notes, Job 42.10. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, because in the beginning he only had 7,000, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. Verse 16 to 17, after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. So Job went ahead and received his healing and walked in restoration and lived another 140 years, complete, whole, and the wealthiest man in the land. See, that's the God that we serve. But then you'll hear another. So, so we're, 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 you, you hear that? Sacred cows exiting, exiting the door, right? Open up the back door there. Go ahead and let them out. <laughs> And so we've got to watch, watch that these things don't creep back in, into our thinking. And, and so we're thinking, okay, well, God might teach me something through sickness because he wants me to suffer. No, remember that's persecution. Well, you know, it happened to Job, so it could happen to me. No, 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 that is not our father. Well, what, what about, what about you forgot about the thorn in the flesh? Yeah, I got you there, preacher. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. I want to read it again. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Nowhere did it say that it was sickness. He didn't walk around like, what was that old guy, that old movie? Ah, you know, like a thorn stuck in his flesh. Ah, oh, God's teaching me something. Ogre, what the little ogre deals, you know, I'm trying to remember what it was, you know, I've renewed my mind, so I'm having to dig right there. <laughs> but that's a picture we paint of Paul walking around this little weak, weenie, weak, measly guy, you know, and some say, well, he couldn't see and all this type of Paul was a tail kicker for the kingdom of God. And everywhere he showed up, yeah, the devils were stirred because he was kicking tail and taking names. And he prayed and asked God to deal with it. And God says, uh-uh, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you to do something about it. He says, Paul, you do something about the devils that are harassing you. I've given you the dominion. I've given you the authority. I've given you the strength. I've given you the name. I've given you the blood. We've got to 
get a hold of the same spirit that was in Jesus is the same spirit that was in us. The same attitude that was in Jesus is the same attitude we should have when it comes to sickness and sin and bondage and anything that is of the curse. That when it pops its head up, we say, no, you don't. Not in this house, you don't. Not in this body, you don't. But when it comes to healing, sometimes we've allowed tradition, we've allowed circumstances just to talk us out of what's ours. And there's different ways. There's different ways that, that healing manifests. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, it talks about gifts of healings and working of miracles. And man, we welcome those. But as you keep reading, it's as the Spirit wills. Has a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gifts of healing. It goes through the whole list there of the, the gifts of the Spirit. And so that is just always welcome. And we're always wanting to, to be led and be sensitive to what the Spirit of God is saying. And, and man, you've, if you've been here any amount of time, you know we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And we operate in them and we flow in them. And we see God manifest all the time like that, right? right. Go with me to James chapter 5. Where did, where did I have you at? Oh, let's read that. That's good stuff there. Let's, let's go there first. Exodus chapter 15. Say, healing belongs to me. me. Exodus 15 verse 26. Now this is after the children of Israel had crossed the Red Sea. They're on their way to the promised land. Verse 26, Exodus 15, 26. And said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now, for some reason, the translators, in when they were taking it into the Hebrew language, a lot of times they would translate words in, in the causative form instead of the permissive form. So when it talks about God putting sickness on them, God isn't the author of sickness and disease. It should be translated in the Hebrew, God allowed. He had to allow, because of their choices and decision, the sickness to come on because they allowed. God isn't the author of sickness. He's not the author of disease. He's not the author of cancer. He's not, well, I thought he's the author of everything. I thought he's in control of everything. Go back to Genesis chapter 1, and and whenever he created the first day, what would he say at the end of the creation? What would he say? It is good. And the second day, what would he say? It is good. And the third day, and the fourth day, and the fifth day, and the sixth day, what would he say? It is good. And it got to man, he said, it is very good. You can't find him creating cancer and disease and the curse and life in any of those days. That's his original heartbeat for mankind. Good comes from good, and God is a good God. Evil can't come from a good God. Sickness did not originate from God. It came with the curse. When Adam handed the dominion and authority over to Satan when he sinned, the curse ran rapid. It even affected the laws that govern this earth. But in Christ Jesus, you and I are created to rule and reign in life. Not just in heaven, in life. And so God provided healing in the Old Testament. And God provides healing for us in the New Testament. He said, I am the God that heals. Say, He is the God that heals. Exodus 23, verse 25 and 26. I should have it up here on the screen. It says, So shall you serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. He's the same God. If Israel walked in divine health and healing, if He made a way for them to walk in their covenant of healing, for them then then He's made a way for us to walk in divine health and healing now. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. It says, Now all these things happened to them as examples as they were written 
for our admonition upon whom the ends of the age have come. So when we see God bringing healing in the old covenant, it was written for our example. It was written to encourage us. It was written to, to raise faith, to build faith that if God did it for them, he's going to do it for me. Remember, we've got to get to the place that God's not just going to show up for pastor and Dr. Savell. He's showing up for me. If God's going to heal anybody, I'm going to walk in divine health and healing. If anybody's going to get their prayers answered, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to walk in the glory of God, it's going to be us. Right? We've got to take ownership of, okay, this is my Bible, and I'm going to have what it says I can have. I'm going to do what it says I can do. This is my God. He's not a genie in a bottle. You know, I dream of genie. You know, that's the way we look at him sometimes. The wish is my command, Master. He addressed better than that guy anyway. He's not a lucky rabbit's foot. Oh, come on, Jesus. He is our healer. It doesn't matter if it's cancer. It doesn't matter if it's AIDS. It doesn't matter if it's blindness. It doesn't matter if it's tuberculosis. We're not supposed to be afraid of the devil and anything that he brings along in his package. Greater is he that's in us and he that's in the world. And it's time for us to put our foot down and say, no, you don't. The generational masses continue to go on and take out generation after generation. The buck stops right here in the name of Jesus. But until we have some gumption about us and we're willing to say, ah, uh-uh, that's my God. Sickness, he, sickness isn't in the same category with my God. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 13 through 15. Now, we just, we just read that this is written for our example. Deuteronomy 7, verse 13 through 15. And it says, He will love you and bless you and multiply you, and He will also bless the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your land, your grain, your new wine, your oil, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flock, and the land which He swore to your fathers to give you, you shall be blessed above all the people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your livestock. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness. He'll take away all sickness. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. It says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. And as much as he also a mediator of a better covenant, which was established Upon better promises. So if they had a covenant of healing then, we have a better covenant built upon better promises. And if God blessed them, when, when, when you thought of God's people in the old covenant, you thought of wealth, you thought of health, you thought of protection, you thought of guidance, you thought of wisdom, you thought of victory. And if that's what they represented then, that's what we should represent in today's society. He is the same. And it says we have a better covenant. We got to quit looking at these people in the Bible as some superheroes with capes on them like they're the untouchables. They're not the untouchables. They're people just like us. But we have a better covenant built upon better promises. And we don't have the spirit of God just on us. The spirit of God is in us. They didn't have the name of Jesus like we have the name of Jesus. They weren't anointed with the power of God like we're anointed with the power of God. We have a better covenant built upon better promises. Whoever that is that's been dealing with acid reflux. The anointing of God is ministering to that right now while you're just sitting under the word. Who is that that you've been dealing with acid reflux right here? Who else right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. Bless the Lord right here. Say, I receive that. God is my healer. (laughs) So we see the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We mentioned this a while ago. Verse 10. But it says, but one in the same Spirit works on all these, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now that right there was just a form of the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, let's go uh, look at the Word of God because there's times that, okay, well, what if the gifts of the Spirit aren't in operation in that service or at that time? The Word of God always works. The Word of God always works. Say it always works. 
See, we can always receive our healing by faith in God's word. God's word is God's will and God's word always works. Psalms 107 verse 20. We don't have to go there. Write it down. It says he sent his word and he healed them. Of every manner of sickness and every manner of disease. He sent his word and healed. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 through 23. It talks about the word of God being medicine to all our flesh. So even if you're having to take physical medicine from the doctor. You keep doing the natural. Be led by the spirit of God. Don't be dumb. Be led by the spirit of God. Do the natural. But take the word also while you're taking the natural medicine. And the spirit of God will let you know when your time is up to quit taking the medicine. But don't stop taking the medicine until you have the release by the spirit of God. So we can't separate applying the word of God from being led by the spirit of God. And he is always going to lead us into health. He's always going to lead us. And some of you have been very disobedient simply in your eating. And if you'll repent and and do what God's telling you to do, healing will come in your body. Psalms 103, remember he says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. And the Amplified, it says every one of them. Every one of them. Say every one of them. So you see the word always works. Matthew chapter 8 verse 17. Matthew chapter 8 verse 17. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. And if you were healed, then you are healed. When Jesus took sickness upon his body for you and I, he broke its power. When you get in those situations, it's very important that we see Jesus taking every sickness. I don't care what it is, every sickness upon his body. And when he took it, he broke it. He took it When he went to hell, he defeated it. Hebrews 2.14, Colossians 2.15 says he made the power of the devil to nothing, of no effect. He triumphed over all of it. And he's delivered you and I from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. See, when he took the sin, he broke its power. When he took the sickness, he broke its power. He's already taken it. The power is already broken. And it's time for us to receive what he's already provided. See, healing was provided in our redemption. Re, the prefix re, R-E, to bring us back. D means to purchase. We were purchased to be brought back into our original relationship with God. Originally, we're healed. Originally, we're blessed. Originally, we're overcomers. Originally, we're in right standing with God. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. So we see the gifts of the spirit. We see the word of God. We see when he took the sickness, he broke its power, released to us health and healing. Just like when he took sin, he released righteousness. When he took our sin, he gave us his righteousness. We didn't earn it. All we did is receive it. We are in right standing right now. So our bodies should line up And be what they ought to be. In the Amplified it says you were made what you ought to be. I like that. You ought to be healed. You ought to be blessed. You ought to be victorious. We ought to be. There's a lot of things we ought to be. That's who we are. But hearing the word of God helps us take it from the unseen into the seen. That spiritually we're the righteousness of God. But he wants us to experience it naturally. Spiritually, we are redeemed from the curse. He wants us to walk in it naturally. Spiritually, we're the healed of the Lord. He wants us to walk in it naturally. Spiritually, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. He wants us to walk in it naturally. How do we get it from the unseen to the seen? And a lot of it has to do from spirit to our physical body, the in-between gap of the soul. And I've got to continue to lift my soul, lift my thinking, renew my mind, strengthen who I am. The power of sickness has already been broken. It does not belong in our body. 
James chapter 5. Verse 14. James chapter 5 verse 14. Now remember, we've drawn a line in the sand, right? Sickness is not of God. Sickness is of the devil. Disease is of the devil. I don't serve the devil. So I'm not going to have anything that comes with him. We're in the kingdom of almighty God. We're we're not just servants of God. We are sons of God. We are the righteousness of God. We are, we are children of almighty God. James chapter 5 verse 14. He says, is anyone among you sick? Letting us know, hey church. Church, is is anyone among you sick? Letting us know that if you are sick, you should not be sick. Not because we're some holy, super spiritual people, because we're in the family of God. We're the righteousness of God. This is what our father has given us and we've got to walk in it. He wants us to walk in it. Is any sick among you letting us know God's heartbeat right now? Everybody in this church, everybody watching online, if you're sick, God is saying, I want you healed. He wouldn't ask a question just to say, oh, oh, I thought you was healed. I mean, I thought you were sick. (laughs) Boy, I'm teaching you something, aren't I? That's not our father. He doesn't. He knows already what we're dealing with, but he's asking us, hey, Remember, remember what he asked the, the man at the pool of Bethesda? He says, will you be made whole? Why would he ask him that question? Because he wanted him to get a hold of it on the inside. He wanted him to rise up on the inside. He wanted him to see himself carrying the mat. He wasn't asking a question because he didn't know. He walked through all the other people that was around the whole pool right to this man. He'd been in a condition for 38 years. And then he asked him, do you want to be made whole? But then he's like us a lot of times. What did he start doing? He started giving excuses. Well, you know, I, I tried and people get in front of me and this really ticks me off. I don't know what I'm going to do. Definition of an excuse in Webster's Dictionary, an invalid reason for neglecting your duty. In other words, eh, wrong answer. Lord, you know they hurt my feelings, so I'm not going back to that church. And I wanted to sit on the front row, and they made me sit on the third row. And my head is bald, and so I can't sit in front of the camera because it glares too much and it doesn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> I forgive you, Pastor. <laughs> Excuse, invalid reason. I wish y'all could see your face like I see your face. Some of you, some of you are really enjoying this and some of you don't know yet. You're like, oh, I don't know. Like you're totally going against what Aunt Ding Dong taught me since I was two. Is any sick among you? <laughs> Oh, bless my heart. <laughs> Is any sick among you? Think of the environment where there's not one sick person remaining. Jesus would go into cities and the whole city would be healed. And we have the same spirit on the inside of us. And I'm telling you by the spirit of God, I can see, I can see literally the anointing of God rising in the body of Christ. And it's intensifying. And I'm telling you what it is. It is there's there's a flow that we're stepping into that we are going to see marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. But we've got to understand if it's sickness, disease, anything that kills, steals and destroys, that is not the will of my father. What is God in? What is God not in? God is not in anything that kills, steals and destroys. God is in anything that gives life and life more abundantly. But we've got to settle this. How did Jesus deal with sickness? How did Jesus deal with the storm? How did Jesus deal with devils? That's the way we're supposed to deal with them. And James, the half-brother of Jesus, he, is any sick among you? 
And he goes on and he says, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So notice he says, okay, is anybody sick among you? He says, maybe, and this is where we've got to be real with ourselves. I mean, I've told you stories and stuff of God, seeing God raise up dead steers and, and heal horses and babies and the storms moving and dissipating and, and going around. But then there's, there's times that you got to be real. If you know that, man, you're struggling, you know that your faith, I mean, it's just, maybe it's just like a little percolator, just a bloop, bloop. <laughs> I mean, you're running low. Cause, cause we can, we can receive our healing by faith at home. We can receive our healing driving down the road by faith, right? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he says. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Mark eleven twenty two through 24, right? You with me? Yes. Reason I didn't go to it because this is faith house, right? But then there's those times we got to be real with ourselves that we need we need to step up. And it doesn't say pastor go chase the sick people. It's not pastor's job to run down and spend all of his hours chasing everybody around. Well, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Oh, please let me pray for you. That's not his job. It's actually our job. Now, there are times that he's led to go and there's a, but don't you come in. If you're new to this house, don't you come in and Pastor and I was going here, but don't you come in here expecting him to wipe your nose and change your diaper and every time that you, you know, fever gets over one degree that are you expecting to be at your door? You want to serve a man of God that he's in the presence of God and he's after hearing the heart of God. So when you step into this place, it isn't three points in a point. That he's actually delivering what's on the heart of God and there's some weight to it and some power to it. So we can win in life. You can't win in life being religious. You can't win in life just playing, you know, hokey pokey. We're going to come to church on the way to lunch. Hi, hi. We come to church and say, hi. What, I wonder what she's wearing. Hi. <laughs> no, it's time for us to come in to the house of God and receive. So we go out and we are difference makers in this world. He says, is any sick among you? So, so what am I? What, you're like, what are you getting at? I'm getting there. All right. There's the times that maybe you're, you're percolating a little low on your word level. You're, you're face a little low. It's your job to call for the elders. It's your job to come up and have the elders ask the elders to pray for you. And it says the prayer of faith. There's the prayer of faith that you pray to yourself where you're receiving healing for yourself. Mark 11, 22 through 24. But then there's the prayer of faith that you come up and have the elders pray for you, anointing you with oil and laying hands upon you. And it's the prayer of faith that comes out of them that heals the sick. It says the word save. It's the word sozo, which is still translated heal. It's the prayer of faith. It's the word of God coming out of them. I tell the team all the time when we're traveling, we ain't listening to Willie and Waylon and the boys driving down the road. We're not listening to I lost my dog and, you know, I got drunk 10 years ago. No, we're going to keep an environment of faith. So when we step out onto the battlefield, you know what's coming? The prayer of faith that can bring change to people's lives. People don't need us playing church. They don't need us being religious. They don't need us just with our Christian T-shirts on and our bumper stickers. They need us walking in the power of God. But we've got to settle some things. We've got to look at sickness the same way Jesus looked at sickness. And he didn't look at it politely. He didn't look at it passively. He said, I only do what I see my father do. Sickness, get out in Jesus' name. Eyes open in Jesus' name. Ears open in Jesus' name. It is time for us to walk in victory, church. 
So I'm glad I came. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Let's go back there. So we've talked, and I'm just kind of doing some touch and goes. We've talked about the gifts of healing, the gifts of the Spirit. We've talked about receiving the Word of God always works. Say the Word of God always works. We talked about laying hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Mark chapter 16, verses 18, right? They lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. You lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. You know, there's times you need to lay hands on yourself, right? There's times that you need to lay hands upon your kids, lay hands upon your spouse. Like when they're healing, I mean, you can do both, but you know, there, there needs to be plenty of that too. (laughs) Baby, these hands are anointed. Come here. (laughs) I love you. Yeah. I think I might use that when I get home later tonight. You know, <laughs> I'm a doer. I'm just I'm being obedient, Pastor. I'm a doer of the word. <laughs> Make myself blush. <laughs> Acts chapter ten, verse thirty-eight. Uh, you know it's okay to have fun at church, right? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Healing all. Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus was the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He's the same forever. Right? Go with me to Mark chapter 5, and we're getting ready to, to be done. Mark chapter 5. So you see that Jesus was anointed with the Spirit of God. And and remember, He wasn't doing what we see Him doing in the Gospels. He was not doing as the Son of God. He was doing it as the Son of Man. A a man anointed by the Spirit of God. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, it says that he, He laid down His rights and He became like a man. Like you and I. Notice that He... He didn't, you don't see him healing like you see some little books. He, he's not healing little birds and having miracles at 12 years old. You don't see him do miracles in his 20. You don't see him do miracles when he's 27. You don't see him do miracles when he's 28, when he's 29. You don't see him do miracles until he's baptized and he comes up and the heavens open and he's anointed by the Spirit of God and then he's led into the wilderness. Tempted, he overcomes Satan, puts him right in his place and then he goes to church. Say he goes to church. Don't you know this is a church service like they had never seen before? He goes to church and he starts preaching and all of a sudden devils start manifesting. (laughs) You ever been around devils manifesting? Especially if you've never been around it before. (sighs) I told you that story the first time I was around it. You know, I went to the Benny Hinn deal. I got saved and I couldn't get any of my buddies. I mean, because they were still strung out and everything. So I was just, I didn't care. I was like, man, I'm hungry for God and... And so I drive to San Antonio and I wait for hours. Cause I thought, man, I've seen that on TV. That's no way that that's real, you know. And so I wait out seven hours. I wait outside. I'm waiting outside. I just wanted to, I was so hungry for God, you know. And, and so they open the door and I mean, it's like a stampede. Everybody runs in there and, and I got this, this, this seat at the corner of the, the stage right here and I'm listening and all of a sudden he's ministering. I mean, you could see the presence of God and I'm like, oh my. I mean, you could feel it. This is all new to me and everything. And all of a sudden, people start just falling out in the spirit. And I'm thinking, uh, not me. Uh, 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 uh. And next thing I know, I'm picking myself up off the ground, you know, thinking, oh, what's going on? And I hear this guy behind me. Rah, rah. I mean, all these noises. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. So, you know, so I got the white knuckle going on on the seat, you know, and I'm like, and I keep hearing this voice. Go, go lay hands on him. Huh? I ain't laying hands on him. I look up there from time to time. By this time, he's laying out in the aisle and he's foaming. You know, he's all this stuff. And all these people are around him. And I keep hearing this, go lay hands on him. Well, I was like, Lord, you tell them to lay hands on him. They're already up there, you know. And so, you know how you argue with God when you're doing this stuff. Like, all right, Lord. So I get out of it. And as soon as I get there, I bend down. And his team gets there at the same time I do. And I'm sure they're thinking, God, I wish this kid would obey God so like we could get this guy delivered. So anyway, they get here. And they look at everybody, they make everybody go sit down. They said, except for you, you come with us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, 
I grabbed this guy around the ankles and I'm like, okay. And so we're, we're carrying him out into the hallway and they just, and I'm at his ankles. And of course I'm just wide eyed. I had hair then. I mean, it might've even been like this at the time. And so I'm wide eyed and I'm watching all of them and they command the devil to come out of this guy and he raises up right in my face. And I'm like, ah! you know, the, the hottest air ever right in my face. And I'm like, ah! I mean, the peace of God just consumes this guy and he just lays back down. And they look at me and they say, okay, sir, that'll be all. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what just happened, you know? So these people aren't used to it at the church service. Jesus shows up that day. But there was something different about him. He comes in and he reads out of Isaiah what the prophet Isaiah had read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And devils start manifesting. We know who you are. You are the son of God. But he shut him up. Because he wasn't operating as the son of God at that time. He was the son of man. It wasn't time for him to be revealed as the son of God yet. You be quiet and you come out. And they would come out. And then he goes and just starts healing. And you see miracle after miracle, the manifestation after manifestation. Why? Because God had anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all, all, all who were oppressed of the devil. So see, there's in in Mark chapter five. Let's look at this and I'm going to be done. Mark chapter five, verse 20, 25. Now, a certain woman had a a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, very important, when she heard, how how am I going to walk in greater levels of healing and manifestation? We've got to hear. We've got to we've got to hear on a different level. We've got to think on a different level. We've got to believe on a different level if we're going to live at a different level. Amen. She heard about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. Notice the anointing of God was in and on Jesus, but it was faith that activated the anointing. See, faith always has action. The anointing of God can be present. Remember in Luke chapter 5, it says Jesus was teaching to all the Pharisees and the the lawyers. And it said the power of the Lord was present to heal them all. But nobody was receiving. Why? Because there was no faith that was latching on to what was in him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus was so full of the anointing. Jesus is anointed by God. His body is still anointed by God. His body is still. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we are his body. It's the same anointing in us and the same anointing on us to heal all manner of sickness. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's blind eyes, deaf ears. Corns. Corns. I just came up in my heart. Somebody here, you're receiving healing. You got corns. You don't have to raise your hand. If you... <laughs> but you do want to receive your healing. Corns have to dissipate. God even cares about your corns. And I'm not talking about shucking corn. I'm talking about on your feet. Or wherever they might be on you. I don't know where all corns grow. You know, there's some times the Lord has you do some funny stuff, but it's like, really, Lord? See, I receive it. Let's keep reading. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you? And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this. But the woman, hearing and fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. It didn't say it was the anointing that made her well. The anointing was there in and on Jesus, but it was her faith connecting to the anointing that made her well. The presence of the Lord is present in this place right now in us and on us, but it's faith connected to that anointing that's going to bring the manifestation. It's the faith connected. 
You know, just like I do, it takes faith to please God. And everything that we do, we're born again by faith. We live by faith. We walk by faith. Faith connected to the anointing. The anointing of God is in this place right now. Is any sick among you? Is any sick among you? Is any sick among you? Even watching uh, by television or, or live internet and stuff right now. Is any sick among you? Right where you're at, you can receive the same healing anointing. This is, this is what I'd like us to do. If, you're, if there's sickness in your body, I, I would like you to come up here and just make a line right up here at the front of the church. If there is sickness in your body.